Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Carl and tonight i got pretty much an empty podcast room. I do have Scott though. And Todd. I was getting a Todd, <laughs> wasn't I? <laughs> I have Scott. Hey. And I have Todd. Hello. And uh, yeah. Todd's not a guest anymore. He's, a, he's, he's pretty smart, much just you're here now, right? <laughs> yeah. One of us. Uh, Ash is having a bit of a break and uh, we were going to have Kevin Rob, but I think Kev was too tired and Rob got well yeah that's no Rob we sent to Australia so um, <laughs> he won't be back for a while um, but uh, yeah Scott you got some news actually yeah, speaking of Australia, Australia. Yeah. yeah unfortunately Rob didn't actually go <laughs> not unfortunately because I like Rob <laughs> <laughs> too late <laughs> um, yeah so Marshall Bass from Australia he got back to us um, he just sent us a message today yes. yesterday today um, with some updated numbers. So they're now at 2 million hectares of land burnt in their wildfire season. I don't even know. I that just sounds insanely huge. I'm not even sure how big, like you said, how know. big is Australia? <laughs> yeah, is all of Australia. Is there anything left? <laughs> well, he said in the message, I think he was, uh, he was on mutual aid tonight for a fire coming in from the south. And then they were watching for a fire that was already coming in from the north. Yeah, so he's surrounded by fire. So, <laughs> or at least flanked. Yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's this thing from New South Wales uh, Rural Fire Service that he sent us. It says uh, 7,300 7, grass fires burning, currently burning. <laughs> Two million hectares of land burnt. Uh, Six hundred and seventy-three homes are, have been destroyed. Fourteen hundred, fourteen hundred other buildings have been destroyed, and six human lives have been lost. So wow. I don't know when that was made, but. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> for for that much to be burning, to only have lost six people so far. I mean, yeah, six people is still six people, but for that much to burn and still have only six losses so far, that's it's crazy. And they get pretty violent fires pretty quickly yeah. down there. Why well, don't you told us about exploding eucalyptus trees? And... Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you hear that? episode with him Tom? I did yeah oh, it's just yeah. crazy he was talking about the, the trees just like yeah the tree gets on fire and then it explodes and, and there's like eucalyptus oil everywhere yeah, yeah. nuts because he said uh, the only way it's going to go out is 50, 50 millimeters of rain yeah. which they don't get very often so. yeah see with, at least with us we know it's going to eventually get cold like it is right now and mm-hmm. eventually the fires are going to go out around come October like September October we know no matter how big the fire is it's going to eventually die off and you know might rekindle in the summer again but exactly and it's actually safe to travel around australia when there's no fire you can still be killed by snakes and spiders yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everything will kill you they're coming running out of bush trees spiders. <laughs> jesus then you go to the coast and you get killed by waves and sharks and it's yeah. <laughs> just there's no way off there's no vacation there <laughs> i don't know i don't know 
<laughs> I actually, I got an aunt and uncle that moved there, and I had a choice to whether or not I was going to move to Canada or Australia. And then my uncle Kev, so you're from sent, Australia, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not this week. And he sent me a picture of a spider that was in the corner of his house, and then I just I vowed never to even go there, <laughs> let, let, let alone live there. I was like, nope, you're fine. Yeah, I'll stay. I'll stay here. Um, yeah. So we we hope and wish and thoughts and everything else are going out to all the people that are heading over there and helping them out and everyone that's already there doing their job and uh, everybody who's obviously going through the the hassles and the struggles of having to deal with this stuff as well stay safe uh tonight we are going to be talking about uh, about narcan so todd you were in i think two weeks ago and you that's did correct. a uh, narcan course for the boys right we did yeah it was uh I felt it went pretty good. We had a pretty good uh, crew in the in the hall. Um, yeah, it's a big thing that I've been working uh, in my normal job. A lot of a lot of education and training people on the lock zone, and just uh, changing a lot of the stigmas and the and the misinformation out there about it as well. Because everybody thinks it's a miracle drug, and and um, you know there's lots of things that people are ingesting and so or smoking or or um, injecting and naloxone will not actually reduce or uh, reverse those effects where people think that if somebody takes something and they've overdosed that naloxone is the the golden ticket it's not so lots of good um, information about that so naloxone is actually the drug but narcan is like the brand name yeah there's the, there's the brand brand name versus the is there a is there another like form of nar- naloxone is there like naloxone no, like, is there any, like, so there's Narcan, which yeah. is a brand name, but is there a, another naloxone that you could buy? I don't know, actually, it's the only one that I've ever been exposed to. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, because I know it's, like, naloxone's a drug, but. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I can't answer that, not sure. Hmm. So what, uh, so maybe just run through a little bit on what you taught us in the training. So basically, the, um. All the kits that we have, uh, that we hand out, that general public uh, get, there's um, uh, ampules, 0.4 mils per milliliter of ampule of the naloxone um, in the kits, and there's three um, ampules per kit um, with three syringes. And there's also nasal atomizer naloxone that um, people get handed out as well. Uh, the majority of the law enforcement's usually uh, have those. They're uh, four milligrams. Uh, they work pretty well. Um, however, the uh, majority of the ones that are handed out are all the, um, the intermuscular injectable, injectable kits. So those ones that we talked about, I just wanted to really uh, expose everybody on uh, what's in the kit, how to properly use it. Then we talked a lot about um, how to actually recognize and respond to an opiate overdose. And we talked about some of the myths of, um, of uh, the overdose responses as well. So this is just for uh, central nervous system depressants from opiates um specifically and not certain certain stimulants right i think one of the biggest things <clears throat> that you uh well, there's a bunch of stuff that i took from that was the fact that um it's not all about just like certain people with certain lifestyle yeah definitely because i know some of our like some of our guys were like well why are we why are we learning how to essentially help a drug addict um exactly yeah. but not only because everybody's a human we should be helping them but also because things you were saying about um, it could, there's so many varieties. So, uh, there's the typical, um, what people see in the media, right? That people living on the street that are using hardcore drugs, 
that's what uh, is all over the TV. So that's what people think that that's where the crisis is. Uh, but it's anywhere from the accidental overdoses, from people or first time users uh, sharing a pill, um, young kids trying to get high for the first time, uh, sharing a fake Dilaudid or something, um, and they accidentally overdose versus um, just a, uh, an elderly patient who may have certain morphine or Dilaudids uh, on board as well, other pain um, medications. If they accidentally take too much, that's still, still an overdose. And if you have a kit, you could still use that to help them come out of it. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many facets to, to being able to uh, respond to that emergency. And there's could be totally just those accidental overdoses. Uh, fentanyl now is in everything. Um, some people are putting it in, uh, in cigarettes uh, and selling them as cocoa puffs. So they think it's cocaine mixed in with the tobacco. Uh, however, it's actually fentanyl uh, because fentanyl is so cheap, right? So they get cut with everything. Uh, we're seeing in our area now with one of the, uh, the teams I sit on, we're seeing fentanyl in everything. We're seeing it in crystal meth, we're seeing it in cocaine, we're seeing it uh, in marijuana, so people are just lacing it with it. Right. Um, so you never know, you know what you're getting. So people always <laughs> argue with us, say, oh, that's, I get it from my normal guy. It's like, well, that street pharmacist, sorry, it's, it's not going <laughs> to be, it's not going to be as, <laughs> as good or as pure as he says. You, you never know the consistency of it. So when you talk consistency, I always go back to one story of, you know, two people, they want to split a pill, they break it in half, the one person takes it, he overdoses, the other person takes the other half, he's not going to overdose. And the reason is because it's, it's, there's no consistency. You can't, you can't uh, mix it super well. Like I always describe taking a handful of salt, throwing it on a table, take a pinch of uh, salt that's another color, sprinkle it over that, and you're going to see a random assortment of, of different colored specks in that. <clears throat> now you start cutting that up into piles. That one pile might have two specks, three specks, four specks. That other pile might only have one speck. And depending on where that speck gets put uh, on your side of the pill, uh, or wherever you're smoking or injecting, you don't know the consistency of it. So that's why some people overdose harder um, and go down a lot harder than others. When you you took that picture of, um, what was it, heroin? Or coke, or oh, those three, yeah, three, three clear amp vials with, uh, yeah, some different levels of drugs. We had uh, there's yeah, then uh, like the one was of heroin, yeah. uh, fentanyl, and car fentanyl. Yeah, like the heroin was like uh, you you didn't you didn't, weren't able to make that practice, were you? Yeah. So the the heroin was with heroin. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was like there was a lot of well, fair amount of heroin in this vial, and it was the it was like how much to get higher, how much did it be lethal? Was that was that picture? Um, no, that was just talking about the lethal dose. So like, oh, it was, it was okay. a good visual to show like, <laughs> like, let's say a, a quarter mil in a vial of, of powder of heroin could be, a, would lethal be dose. a lethal dose. And then it showed a vial <laughs> of, uh, fentanyl and it was only a so couple like, of specks, like, like 10 or something. And then <laughs> car fentanyl, there's like one, one or two little specks in it. So it, it just goes to show you the volume of how much stronger it is. Cause people always hear it's like, it's a hundred times stronger than morphine. It's a hundred strong time. The fentanyl. And then carfentanil is another hundred times stronger, right? So yeah. that's a good visual. People like seeing that. So it's like yeah, and I think that's what a lot show. of people, a lot of our guys, stuck with them because they, you know, you, it, it gives them something. Because I think people think, oh, it's still, uh, still a lot of fentanyl. You need to know it's like 
basically like the salt, like a little, like a little. It's a very small amount. It's, it's insanely strong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, I was listening to, and I'd mentioned to you guys actually the uh, on Joe Rogan, <clears throat> uh, November seventh, episode thirteen seventy nine. There was a, a uh, investigative journalist. His name was Ben Westhoff, and he wrote a book called Fentanyl Inc. How rogue chemists are creating the deadliest wave of the opioid epidemic. And he just talks about like him when he went to he goes to China and it's like the drug dealers that are kind of making this stuff and how cheap it is to get hold of this stuff. Right. It's insane, which is why everyone's cutting it with cutting it into everything. It's just it's a quick, easy boost. I think he says something like it's just like fifty times stronger than heroin. So two rice grains of it basically can can absolutely decimate you. Like insanity. <coughs> Good episode too. Listen, if you can you explain like fentanyl what does it do? Like it makes it basically shuts them down so they stop breathing, right? Because there's right. So, <clears throat> so opiates, uh, they're a central nervous system depressant. So uh, people would think it, they call it an overdose emergency, but it's actually a respiratory emergency. Like um, it's going to decrease your respiratory drive so much, you're going to be having very slow respirations to no respirations. So when we talk about signs and symptoms, um, those are a lot of the signs that we looked at. We looked at. Uh, what's their breathing rate? It's going to be like eight respirations a minute or less or mm. not breathing at all. You know, they're going to be cyanotic. They're going to be blue in the lips, pale, blue in the fingertips. Um, could be very sweaty or diaphoretic. Um, it could be a little bit of vomitus or foam in their airway as well. Um, and then the pinpoint pupils are, are the other telltale sign. Right. Um, there is, the, what some crews are seeing now, they're seeing some other um, drugs on board that aren't really... They're still keeping them depressed, so we're giving them naloxone, and it's knocking off the, uh, the opiates off your opiate receptors and blocking it appropriately where it should be, but the people are still staying depressed from another drug on board, mm. so <clears throat> like benzodiazepines and other things like that. So what, uh, what we're seeing now with that is it's still that respiratory emergency. Like you, We can't forget that we need to breathe for these people and oxygenate them and then transport them. So in our back to our, our kits and stuff that, I, that we're teaching is we follow this uh, the Save Me campaign. So it stands for uh, stimulate, uh, airway, ventilate, evaluate your medication, and then evaluate again. So we want to stimulate, uh, try and get them uh, awake, painful stimulation, see if they respond at all. If they don't respond, uh, then we go into their airway. So we're opening their airway. Uh, then we're going to be ventilating because it's that central nervous system depressant. It's depressing their respiratory drive, and we want to oxygenate them and breathe for them. We want to breathe uh, one breath every five seconds for them. And we can keep them alive and keep them sustained by breathing for them without even giving them naloxone. Right. Yeah. And then after that, then we'll give, we'll evaluate. If there's no real response, then we get into our medication. And then at that point, we will be uh, administering your first dose, dose of uh, 0.4 intramuscular. So we taught everybody how to break the ampules, uh, draw it up properly, landmark, throw it in. Um, a few other myths like that, people always think you need to expose the skin. You can't. You can go right through the clothing um, if you have to. So in the deltoid or the thigh is the best spot as well. <clears throat> I think some of our... Uh... Some people are afraid to give a needle because they, you know, they're afraid that this is the old uh, you're gonna give an air, put an air bubble in and and yeah. bubble into them, and they're gonna someone's gonna die from a stroke or whatever, an air embolism. 
Um, exactly. So it's it's safe. Like I always uh, tell people, you know, when you when you hold that syringe back up, you can see the air in. Just slowly push uh, the plunger on the syringe up until that air is gone. You don't need to see it in the movie spurting out of the syringe because we're not wasting our naloxone. Yeah. You know, just until that air is out. Um, and if there is still some air in there, it's totally fine. It's not yeah. going to do anything to yeah. you. Uh, like I said, it's not like the movies. It's not going to completely stop your heart. Is it, is it because it's intramuscular? That's main reason? Yeah, it's intramuscular. Yeah. I mean, our, our bodies will absorb even a fair amount of air um, right. intravenously as well. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to one of the other paramedics I know, and he was saying, yeah, he mm-hmm. was that whole, like, the air thing. Yeah, one air bubble. One air bubble oh. is going to kill you. So you chance you'd be dead in the hospital if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was good. It's, uh, so we... We had lots of training afterwards for people to practice and draw that up because it is a it is a fine motor skill. It's hard for a lot of people to figure it out, and people, you know, it's the first time they may have even handled a syringe, right? So yeah. uh, they would need to practice with it and learn how to use it, draw it up. Because in that in that moment, people panic, people forget to ventilate, they forget all the other little steps. They just start grabbing that uh, that kit and start drawing it up, which at the end of the day is good. You're getting it in, but we need to ventilate these people. They're going to be brain dead afterwards. Otherwise, we need right. to we need to get that oxygen in them. And we uh, jacked a bunch of oranges. Yeah. <laughs> I, heard, I heard you killed a bunch of oranges. You betcha, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of juicy great. oranges. They were all full of us. <laughs> was it? Yeah. It was, it was, no, uh, those are just yeah, saline. Yeah, it was just saline. Yeah, yeah, salty oranges. It's going to be a salty orange. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Todd's, Todd's teaching at one point, it looks over Adam's eating an orange. This <laughs> <laughs> is <just> delicious. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> That's pretty funny. You should have given him, like, the gravel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah good. so <clears throat> i guess uh you know, you know it's it's another one of those things that now especially i know that we're just starting to carry them on um on truck now right for yeah well todd was good enough he gave us uh one for each truck mm-hmm. i think they got put in appropriately um so we we're gonna have those now and like we had said it's not necessarily i mean we're not <laughs> our, our guys aren't, aren't popping pills and they're and you know we're not we're not currently attending these calls because um, the ambulance is still going. But you get the secondary exposures, which I guess we haven't really talked about. Yeah, and that's one thing we did. I mean, that's why we put them on our trucks initially as well. Is is yes, anybody can be trained to use this kit. Like there is young children that know how to use these kits and can can administrate them. Um, however, you know, for us responding, we needed a plan. We need an operational guideline for. Um, a secondary exposure for us because I've seen it numerous times and I'm sure many other people have is where you're either in a residence or you're patting somebody down or you're trying to get them into the back of the ambulance or it's in a car accident where there's a lot of paraphernalia left over or sitting close to them Um, so if you get exposed to that and we need a plan for ourselves so if we're not carrying it we're not prepared Uh, then if we come across something and we need to administer it it's still there for us and you're totally covered under the good samaritan act in bc anyways <clears throat> oh okay yeah so yeah i mean now now we've got them on the trucks is again it's another one of those tools in the toolbox ready to use when you need them um an important tool obviously like you said especially for secondary exposures especially in mbis um you never know what you're rolling up on when you're opening those doors and I think we spoke about that before, especially with the RZ masks, actually, as well. Being yeah. another good asset for... Or some, some sort of mask on. I know uh, one of the RTAC uh, scenarios was uh, mm. was that drug one. Oh, the car. Yeah, we did yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, were, you were RC on yeah. it. Yeah. 
and um, yeah, because he ran right away. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, he had a baggie on the dash. Right? Yeah, I think the scenario was, uh, you know, where you're in a parking lot, these people are just kind of passed out. Like, there's no signs of accident or anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Todd's seen this. So he's like, oh, you can see right away, he's like, oh, he's thinking it's some sort of OD because there's three people in the car mm-hmm. and none of them are responsive, really. And one of them, maybe in the back, was still somewhat I think coherent. So, yeah. And yeah, right away, we opened the doors. He said, I'm putting on, you know, mask, everything like that. And then he's got me looking for any drug paraphernalia. And yeah, I found some white powder in the front um, dashboard. And yeah, I was treated it like that. And so it was, yeah, it was good to see that scenario worked into into that that sort of uh, event now. Well, it gets you thinking about it, right? Yeah. Like, you, you need to be, because we need to take responsibility of that scene. And, you know, in, in our areas, if we don't have law enforcement there right away, you know, we need to be aware of how to handle it uh, just enough to make it safe so we can work around it um, and then leave it alone. Like, I'm not telling people to, you know, transfer it into a Ziploc bag and things like that <laughs> or put it in your pocket to hand to the police later. Yeah. But, um, yeah, people need to be aware of secondary exposures for that type of stuff for sure. Right. I mean, there's been a few, uh, I've talked to a few of the law enforcement guys. There's, they've had some um, wrestling matches with guys, you know, and either in their, they're in their cell block or they're, they're on the street. You know, they're, they're taking a, a person down to, to cuff him, to arrest him, and then the next thing, uh, they find they got white powder all over him because this guy's been trying to hide his drugs. So they, they, they've been exposed. A few have actually went down with ex- exposure. So that's why they get the... That's why most of them carry the... Like you were saying, they carry the... The nasolatomizer. Nasal <coughs> yeah. Yeah, and those... Just to talk about those real quick, too. Those are four milligrams, uh, generally, and the reason being for that is... Uh, you know, it's a one-shot dose in the in the nares, and the way it's absorbed, and you can lose so much out of that nostril as well, yeah. uh, just on placement and everything. So that's that's why it's a larger dose for that. Because people always worry about, oh, that's going to be too much of a loading dose. What if they come up out of withdrawals or or, yeah, you, or not? Um, but it's there's so many aspects to that of how well it gets placed to when you administer it and how much runs out, uh, the absorption rate, the work. So right. So. Yeah, one thing we hear about is the if yeah when people you, come up yeah then they come up if you load them too much or too fast I guess well the the big thing I mean we we want to bring them up slowly but uh, we want to oxygenate and ventilate these people because when they're coming up uh, there's a very misconception that people are hammering with uh, naloxone and they come up swinging and they're just fighting yeah well sure they're probably fighting but they're hypoxic they're you know they're not thinking straight. Um, some of them, yes, they come up, you can kick them in withdrawals if you give too much of a dose. So we, we generally start with 0.4, 0.8, then one milligram, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, uh, yeah, we don't like to hammer them right away with one, two milligrams immediately because you can kick them into withdrawals. There's a very small percentage of people that could uh, present with like a flash pulmonary edema, but the big thing is with that, those withdrawals. So, and then, yeah, you'll, one, one, they're going to feel gross, bring a barf, um, yeah. you know then could have a whole other vast problems going to go into a seizure um yeah. but yeah usually you're getting a little bit of a fight with them they're getting a little nasty uh because of the hypoxia as well right it's that lack of oxygen for so long then neon belly comes in place i was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> let's wait let's and introduce neon belly <laughs> which um, is actually we were discussing this before the podcast though we there was a you know there when I went down taking that course in LA, we didn't talk about this part, but that was one of the things they were talking about was there was a course I was taking and they opened it up for, for firefighters and for 
for it was traditionally for law enforcement and military, but they opened it up for firefighters and paramedics because because of that reason because they get and mm-hmm. they get there and you know maybe the police aren't on scene because it's it's a patient it's not and the next thing they're in a fight with them in the back of an ambulance or on the street. Yeah. There's that video we should, we posted we posted we posted <coughs> on our, I think we posted it right. Did the, you you posted it right? Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't a. Um, uh, that was that was just some guy mad because the firefighter showed up too late for his car fire or something, but just that in general, like you know, people are getting getting assaulted anytime, fires. anywhere. It seems now yeah. people mm-hmm. be crazy, yeah. and you know, back to bringing them up with naloxone, like you know, if you have the means as a emergency responder with like a bag bulb mask and, and oxygen, you know, breathe for them, give them that oxygen concentration. That's just going to help them come up so much nicer right. afterwards where we're getting those fights is we're rolling up on scene and people are hammering with uh, naloxone prior to our arrival but they're not doing any ventilating then we start ventilating then we give them a little bit more naloxone and then they come up fairly quickly right uh, it's pro- probably because they've already got a whole pile of uh, narcan in them right. um but then they're hypoxic you know and then we're battling that so they're just confused very confused <clears throat> yeah the a lot of the overdose that i've been on before is you know, we start ventilating them and it's totally safe, it's controlled, it's calm, we're breathing for them. Then you get ready, then you give them the naloxone, you bring them up slow, it's way safer. Yeah, usually right. then they'll, they'll come up, they get a little confused, they pull their airway out, and then they'll start talking to you. Uh, some of them come to the hospital, some of them don't, some of them tell us to peace out. Right. Um, but yeah, we want these people to be transported to the hospital or at least if they refuse service, uh, to be with somebody to be monitored because the naloxone has a shorter shelf life. It'll burn off faster in their system than the opiates will. Yeah, because I was going to ask you about that because you, you told me before, sometimes you just, you narcan them and then after a while you just carry on your way. Like you guys would just leave them if, yeah. if they wanted to. Yeah, but they'll then, tell us to pound yeah. sand. I was wondering leave. about that because eventually, like you said, the narcan wears off quicker than the, mm-hmm. than the opioid. So yeah. like eventually those, those go back out. Possibly. Yeah, exactly. So the uh, generally the naloxone has a shelf life of like 45 minutes, 40 minutes, somewhere around there, I think. And um, so the opiates will, will reattach to the, your opiate receptors in your body, and uh, then you'll start going on a nod again. So it's just exactly what it sounds like. You're nodding off asleep. You're falling asleep. So they could potentially go down again. So generally we'll give um, repeat doses if we're with them, or by that time the hospital will end up giving a repeat dose if they're still willing to stay in the hospital. Uh, some people actually go on a naloxone drip in the hospital because they've got uh, such strong opiates in their system. So with that, I mean, it, again, on that Rogan podcast there, they were talking about some insane numbers um, of people that actually had, had died. Um, more recently, obviously, those numbers have gone up dramatically since especially since the fentanyl stuff has started coming in. But it, like, uh, what kind of, do you know of any kind of numbers that could be floating around for even just BC, I guess? Yeah, so our, our crisis, it, it eventually became an epidemic in 2015. Um, and then just for BC alone, for last, uh, last year in 2018, we had a total of uh, 1,541 uh, overdose deaths uh, here in BC. Uh, that Those numbers are dropping substantially from the previous years, mostly from the information about opiates and how it can affect vast variety of people. Um, and also just the uh, carrying a kit, you know, having, having kits out there. 
So, I mean, I guess the big thing now, obviously, off the back of that is um, we obviously, you know, because we knew you, it was it worked out for us. But if somebody, let's say somebody else somewhere else was looking to get this sort of training, who would you recommend they go and talk to to start having this conversation? I think the big thing is, is uh, yeah, look out to the people in your area as far as if it's other um, paramedics um, that can at least steer you the right way um, or in your department if you guys have other educators because, uh, I mean, this can be tied in with a lot of public education. So uh, fire services can get out there and do that as well. If you're a trainer, uh, talk to your local health authorities and health units. Um, they're the big ones that'll uh, that'll kind of front this. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I don't know if... Because um, Ash and I were just down in uh, Nevada, going to Vegas. Um, we were talking to one of the Uber drivers about uh, the kind of opioids and stuff because we were when we were driving we were driving through kind of a rougher part of town and they were kind of, he was kind of surprised that we even do narcan we were saying oh yeah we did we did some narcan training a couple last week and he's like why would you guys have that why would you guys help <laughs> so i don't know if some of the some of the states are less um open-minded to that sort of stuff so i don't know because i know like california education. is but yeah california is a lot more like bc from what i understand um, but I think certain states down there are maybe not quite as um, open. Well, that's just it. It's all public education, right? I mean, there's so many uh, opinions with it. Like, you get a lot of harsh opinions saying, well, why are you helping somebody's overdosed? You yeah. know, like, uh, but like I said, like, when somebody approaches me, I just tell them, look, like, I've literally in my career, I've, I've had to resuscitate, like, 14-year-olds uh, from an overdose in the past. And it wasn't intentional. Like, they're not a, a drug user. It was a first-time experiment that went south. Mm-hmm. And everybody's got a mom and dad, right? And so they're very happy that we brought them back. So there's, uh, there's a lot of information out there that just needs to, the public needs to be aware of. And it could be anybody. It could be completely accidental. That's the other side of it, too, right? I mean, it's not just the accidental side of things. It's the fact that... <clears throat> this stuff's in anything these days, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, you could have you could have bummed a cigarette off of somebody, and all of a sudden, yeah, they gave you the wrong one. Prescription meds, right? Like you could be taking a heavy prescription narcotics due to a, a chronic or an acute event in your life, a traumatic pain or something, mm-hmm. and uh, accidentally take too many or mix another pill that makes you more um, subsequent to overdose, right? Like you never know. So having that, just that knowledge around it, it's huge. How to recognize the signs. So it's it's big nowadays. It's a different world we're in. Yeah, I think one thing for sure down uh, in the states with their veterans going back, well, them, you know, they've been blown up, shot. Mm-hmm. They're they're on those pills that you're talking about. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, a lot of those the the prescription meds are 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 safe, um, but if you do combine some of them, uh, you are more prone to. Uh, a possible overdose you got to be very aware of the, of the timing when you take them hmm. have a conversation find out if mm-hmm. uh, if you aren't using it um, it's a good idea to at least have the conversation and at least be trained on it because there may be a time where you need it um, I was lucky enough that Todd managed to give me a kit and uh, I still carry it with me in my go bag. You never know, just in case, right? <laughs> Even though you might have froze it the other day. <laughs> Even though I might have froze it the other day and I might need a new one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're, they're useful to have. You never know the situation. And uh, yeah, again, same as a tourniquet, right?
should probably carry one. You never know when you might need it. I think we'll uh, we'll yeah, cut it out. Shorter, but yeah, let's sure some announcements. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Motors. Motors. Ash is in there, so I guess I got to do Motors. It's you. All right. Do you, Did do you, you have get a, one yet? Do, no. no. Do you have a snack or two? No, I don't. Uh, do you have one? Yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> so Modus, um, they make pretty cool gear. Um, they make the Snagger tool, which we talk about. I've seen it used. <laughs> I've actually got to play around with it a little bit. It's, it is pretty pretty sweet. You know, you pull hose with it. You can uh, um, you can run a two and a half actually quite well using it. Uh, like Solo. Solo. Uh, you know, I know there's a couple techniques, like what we call, when we call the Jimi Hendrix... That is, that is taxing on you. It is tiring to use that method. It's basically you're running a two and a half by yourself standing up. Um, it does deplete you. But the um, the snagger tool when I've when I've used it is actually it's it's quite quite a lot easier to handle a hose that big and run it at, at full. Yeah. So Modus um, they make some kind of other cool stuff, door wedges and things. Check them out on their website. Um, we're supposedly getting some. New stuff. Yeah, and they're and sending and... us like a goodie bag or yeah. one of their new like if they like medical bag things as well. I'm I not think. Sure, exactly. Are I, they truck kit bags? Yeah, Ash is getting it. He probably has it. He's probably hanging on his Christmas tree. Yeah, it's probably say. like decorations. Yeah, and... <laughs> he's had it for months. He's like, oh yeah, no, they're still sending it. Yeah, play <laughs> um, so uh, if you want to check them out, you can get a discount. Or discount code is DTFF five. So check them out. And yeah, Modus. RZ Mask next. RZ Masks. <laughs> <coughs> RZ Masks. Um, we bought 40 of them for the department. We bought the M1s with the F3 filters, uh, which are the carbon filters. Um, they're really, really great for mop up. Again, we were talking about them earlier tonight for medical calls. Um, they're great for if you're on the if you're the pump operator as well and you're just getting kind of a little bit of a excess smoke coming out it's they're good for their two e's and for them and they're great in the because they're neoprene as well they're really good in the winter to keep your face warm <laughs> when you're doing <laughs> when you're wandering around right like if you are out of the idlh um they're very very useful still just to kind of take the edge off as well and and uh you know keep you moving forward so uh if you would like to pick one up code you can use for 30% off is DTFF for 30% off of your next RZ mask order. Again, we are not sponsored by them. We just bought them because they were good quality masks. We were looking for something a little bit less uh, uh, arduous, like the um, like running an SCBA you didn't need for the full thing, but you still wanted some bit of, bit of protection just to keep you safe. That definitely fills that spot. Um, yeah, grab one. We all got one. Uh, bar boys, right? Yeah, sure. Bar boys. So, uh, main out of Maine. They oh, unfortunately, they are not the uh, they're not the same place that makes peppermint patties. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Nick set us straight on that one. Damn. So this whole like uh, history of uh, of York though, <laughs> they're actually I believe it's old York they're from. Oh, so, um, yeah, he sent us a whole history of it. <laughs> I I don't remember any of it. But <laughs> I still think they eat peppermint patties and they're pilgrims or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, every year, every week we go back and forth. Uh, they give us a really good shout out today on their on their podcast or was it last yesterday? I guess it's today. Yeah, um, really good one. Um, 
in regards to uh, our the seminar that we have coming up. Um, told us where to told everybody where to look for it, and uh, yeah, we'll probably talk about that in a couple seconds here. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, bar boys, check them out. They have basically similar content to us. Yeah. yeah. They talk a little different. They do. They do. Yeah. And sometimes it's only Nick. Yeah. Sometimes it's a one man band. And they do, I think they do ones on Wednesdays now, don't they, as well? Yeah, they box, do Box Alarm. Box Alarm? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. they got some good content. Yeah, if, it, if it was only you doing the podcast, everybody would think it would be from Australia or England or wherever you They might. Yeah. They might. <laughs> and then less people would listen. Yeah, or maybe more. It's <laughs> Thanksgiving for that boy down there, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it? no. It was yeah, just yeah, last was, week, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Happy Thanksgiving, in retrospect, to... Or you're giving him thanks. <laughs> well, what? Deep fried turkeys. <laughs> deep fried turkey. There were any deep yeah. fried turkey fires there was last week. And, uh... There were so many videos that popped yeah. up for oh, that. Yeah. It's insane how many people do that. Well, it's like, you know, we did that thing in the... Yeah. When we, did, we, we did it for a fire. Uh, so October. Yeah. We did the, we did the you know, burning pot of oil and then we dumped water on it and like blew up. Mm. So yeah, of course. You have a frozen turkey. Some people still have a frozen turkey. They stick it in this giant pot of <laughs> almost burning oil. I tell you, it's going to boil good. over. And I had my first deep fried. It, it is freaking delicious. Year's Thanksgiving yeah. with yeah. Uh, with Matt and a few other friends. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Yeah, no, I, 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 I've I had, I've had one. Yeah, they're excited for that. <laughs> they're very good. They're good. I, th- I think the thing is, people drop it in too fast and or too much oil and it overflows. And, and what's yeah. actually causing the fire is it hits the the um, thing, the the thing on top, on bottom. Yeah. Burner. The burner, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> He's a firefighter for yeah, the element. You know, the burner thing. <laughs> I was going to say the element. That's what I was going to say. Sure. <laughs> uh, bar boys, check them out. Yeah. Uh, Brotherhood Academy Radio is actually their official name. Yes. Yes. You should, yeah, we should probably mention that. <laughs> Just keep going, yeah. bar boys. Stop the bleed. Uh, look online, uh, stopthebleed.org or bleedingcontrol.org. Uh, look to see if there's any sort of courses or um, upcoming events in your areas. Uh, hemorrhage control is is a huge one. Uh, we've been talking a lot about it and really doing a lot of classes up here in our area. So pack and tourniquets, huge. Yeah, it was actually uh, when we were down in Vegas, I noticed every security guard, like it wasn't just the police, every security guy had a tourniquet on their, mm-hmm. on their belt. And uh, most actually had um, sorry, almost, some of them even had like a like a leg bag, a little leg bag, yeah, yeah. a little effect leg bag. It's pretty good to see, and I, I know they obviously had a pretty big incident down there, so they're probably a little bit more on edge than many of us. Mm-hmm. But it was good to see even just security had everybody. I could see the I could see the orange cap on them. Nice. So just being prepared, like said, those packing those tourniquets, having them actually. It out of the wrapper, yeah, right? like, yeah. and on your on your person, and uh, that hemostatic gauze, and learning how to actually properly pack those wounds and, and deal with with uh, bleeding. A lot of myths there again. People talking about breaking myths, you know, putting tourniquets on and loosing it off. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the blood flowing again. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. keep it tight. It'll keep them alive. Exactly. Yeah, we actually uh, we've got a follow up video for the wound packing. Um, which will be out sometime this week. So, uh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be out for that. Yeah. Stop the bleed. And then, uh, we have secondalarm.org. Our friend Matt, um, his calls, they are trying to help 
all of us put more firefighters in our halls and on our trucks. Um, everybody understands and knows, I'm sure, that uh, there is an epidemic and it is a lack of volunteers with the great, great service that we all are part of. And Matt is trying to really help um, fix that problem. So if you have some time, head over to secondalarm.org, check him out, give him some love. And uh, yeah. And then us. Actually, I got one more. Oh, yeah. um, Hex Armor Gloves. Because uh, our rep, Ken, um, he, he let me a pair. And he, he came by the other day just seeing how they were holding up and showed him. Like I said, I'd been wearing them. Uh, they're extrication gloves. So I was wearing them. We haven't had a lot of extrications at least because I'm wearing them at the train ground, moving pallets, and I'm, you know, nails are sticking in me and from, you know, just debris and. I haven't been stabbed or anything like that. So we, it was actually the night when Todd was here with his, the Narcan. So I took one of the needles and was... <laughs> <laughs> trying to jab was, yourself? Jab myself. It? I mean, eventually, you know, eventually it's going to go through because it's a needle. So, yeah. you know, we actually stuffed one of the oranges in there and I, st- and I started stabbing it. But it actually, uh, it took a bit, it took a fair amount of pressure. It wouldn't be like, you know, you're not going to, someone's trying to stab you with a needle and you put your hand out. Of course, it's going to go through. Mm-hmm. But it definitely was really good for like the, the needle poke when you're, you know, if you're just you know, touch the patient and all of a sudden uh, they had maybe something on them because um, it actually did bend the needle. The needle was starting to bend from me pushing it. And oh, well. I don't know if you saw that. I think you were no, dealing with something no. else. And yeah, the needle was actually bent by the end, by the time it went through. So hmm. they were actually pretty good. Hex armor gloves. Interesting. Yeah. yeah Cause when you talk about specific needle issues, especially with, um, with, if there's a user that's actually using that intravenously, um, the one CC syringes that they usually use, those needles are usually bent out a lot of the times as well. Yeah. Uh, so when people pat them down, that's when they get this, the, that stick. Right. We don't want people, of course, reaching in their pockets yeah. during your pat downs. That's yeah. 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 yeah, more, yeah um, and it, I know the fingertips were very, uh, like they were even more reinforced. So yeah, it's pretty good. Hex armor gloves. Do you know what ones you have? I can't remember which one <coughs> gave me, um, Side up. Yeah, you know, look. they're like, I basically just look up extrication. Yeah, extra extrication gloves because they make a whole line. They make uh, ones for law enforcement uh, for searching as well, and right. they make uh, I think there's like motocross ones and stuff like that. Nice. Yeah. Hex armor gloves. And then us, um, we have our Facebook page, our Instagram page, and now our YouTube page. Um, with our bits and pieces and videos and training stuff and all sorts of fun things that we like to still do. So if you want to have a look, get over there, have a little click on the follow button. And uh, yeah, we, uh, we all of our videos will hit YouTube and Facebook at the same time. But uh, it's really easier, it's much easier actually to share stuff through the, the YouTube page. So please, if you do have time, pop over, subscribe, and uh, drop us some likes, it definitely helps. We're trying to build up that audience right now so that we can then, um, there's other features to YouTube that you can't do until you hit a certain amount of subscribers, etc. So if you do have a second, we'd appreciate it. And then obviously we've got our seminar coming up. So May 1st, 2nd, 3rd um, in Oliver, BC. Hey, you got it right this time. I did. <laughs> We got it right last time, Scott. I don't know what about. <laughs> and then we definitely didn't prove it either other way. Um, May 1st, 2nd, 3rd, we have a lot going on uh, over that weekend. Um, we actually, I think, did, I don't know if it's finalized that shirt, but we just we just got the the, uh, the crowdsourced stuff back from the shirts that were 
doing for seminar and they are awesome fire palooza is basically it looks like a rock concert t-shirt <laughs> it looks awesome they're sexy i love it <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to get your hands on one of those then you need to book a ticket and if you want to book a ticket then uh, the best way to do that is via a link which will be posted this week um, which will allow us to at least show uh, the page that you can then ask to subscribe to which is our seminar page and then you will be the first people on the list to be able to get those notifications from when we actually start taking in people's money and uh, get one of those tickets our first notices have gone out so there's actually uh, the ability to download our like our handwritten form okay yeah, the digital form's not quite done yet but the handwritten form with the information so that we can still get emailed and scanned to us and, yeah Okay, yeah. maybe we'll post it. And you know, it's what is it, two ten Canadian this year, so um, that's the prices. Two hundred and ten. Yeah. So, the, and the, oh. so what that gives you? It gives you yeah, that's good though. Did it go? Yeah. 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 Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, no, it's definitely two ten. No, yeah, yeah. We we had this discussion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it's went up a little bit, and I, we had to go up just a touch. Okay. For yeah. participants, yeah. So it's um, so that gives you the whole weekend. Um, gives you all your food. No, sorry, not lunch food. It gives you your lunch, dinner, on the Saturday, and then lunch on the Sunday. Or sorry, breakfast and lunch on the Sunday. What does it give you, Scott? I'm trying to remember. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's the food. It gives you access to the after party on the Saturday night, which, which is, is always fun. Which is always awesome. fun. Yeah, we have a big party. Do uh, we know who we've got for that yet? Yeah, we have the live. Uh, I think I mentioned uh, was it Tanner Olson from Vancouver. Who? Tanner Olsen Band. Tanner Olsen Band. Yeah, he's got a couple songs on Spotify. And they, they're the big upcoming... Country band. Country band, right? <laughs> Woo! But, because I'm a rock guy, he's told me he's going to play some rock, too. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, yeah, so you get the after party, you get the banquet, um, get the shirt we just talked about, some of the little swag items. Uh, Friday party as well. We have our Friday party. We're just... That's why it's a fire blizzard. Yeah. And not to mention, there's actually a seminar in there as well. <laughs> there's, uh, there's lots of events going on. Uh, there's uh, 20 plus, I'm going to say about 22 sessions this year. Nice. And over the course of the two days, you get to see about seven of them. because there's uh, So you get kind of mixed in and about an hour long, just over an hour long each session. Um, it's not a certificate program. It's, it's basically a tool building seminar, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, yeah, someone always leaves with some tidbit. Of information yeah awesome yeah i love the uh i love that rock style shirt yeah this is especially like with that with the dinner and uh and dance and stuff after the party like yeah. we got good beer here yeah. got good hard alcohol i got the <laughs> <laughs> right. well and then, you know and like, the distilleries <laughs> and the breweries like come it's on true. what our opening like literally we had our first seminar meeting last week mm. and uh we discussed our opening for an hour <laughs> of how we're going to make this out. Because we always have this opening session ceremony. We'll probably post some of those pictures. Actually, I took mm -hmm. some and I haven't actually posted yeah, Usually something, we blow something up, light something on fire. Um, it's just to get everyone pumped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Firepalooza 2020. Beer. <laughs> You'll want to be. Yeah. And that's, that's it, boys, for the evening. Nice. Todd. Thank you. Scott. Good night. Good night, everyone. Stay safe. Stay DTFF.